Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yo, so what's going on, man? What's what's yeah. new? Nothing much. Um, uh, Friday was uh, our last day of school before our two-week winter break. Very nice. Very so just nice. Super excited for that. Okay. Get some time with the kids and the fam awesome. uh, this week. Uh, we're doing a little kind of mini vacay next week, right after Christmas. Cool. Um, so just trying to get some rest and relaxation and, you know, get ready for 2022. Yeah, man. How about yourself, yeah. man? Yeah. Uh, much the same, honestly, minus, of course, the family, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, I'm going to be heading down actually this week sometime, I think Wednesday, uh, to see the fam to be with the, the, the nephew for a little bit. I have a little nephew who is so adorable and um, I'm excited to be with him and, and uh, my mom and my sisters and my brother, I think is gonna be down from school. So I'm really excited, uh, really excited for the holidays, man. I was in Baltimore uh, this past weekend. Yeah. I uh, just got back actually. And um, I, I wanna give a special little shout out to a record store I went to out there in Baltimore. Uh, El Supremo Records, uh, really dope shop out in the harbor area of, uh, of downtown uh, Baltimore. So, so yeah, shout outs to you guys. Um, really enjoy the vibes. Uh, really old school type shop, basement. Reminded me of Psalm a little bit um, here in D.C. In a basement, kind of dusty, kind of dingy, right? But uh, some great records I found there, man. Uh, some awesome <laughs> stuff that I found. I replaced some stuff that I was missing uh, that I used to own and, and for whatever reason don't own anymore. Found a few of those. Found a few uh, really good um, never-before-seen stuff, which I always enjoy. Um, and it, yeah, it's like a digger's paradise, man. It's one of those places where, um, you know, if you're not a digger, like you're not you're not gonna really enjoy this place too much, um, and, and I like to separate my my stores like that. I think we talked about that on the on the one record store uh, show we did uh, a while back, where I was talking about like, yeah, I really enjoy like the the dusty places where it's like you're not gonna mm. find a lot of new reissues there. I mean, they have them, they have them, they're there. If if that's what you want, you can definitely just go up to the clerk and ask, or go up to the owner and ask. But uh, really, those stores are for like the the faint of or not the faint of heart uh who want to get their hands dirty a little bit you know and and getting well crazy. you're not the you have to clean off that dirt yeah yeah oh oh yeah and it leads right in no it leads right in so i want to i want to first intro the show you're listening to the record spinner podcast we're here tonight talking to uh the co-host we're just chopping it up we have a really special episode here uh it's getting technical and it's something we've hovered around a lot uh, when talking, me and you, Ryan, we've hovered around this subject so much of the cleanliness of this hobby. A lot of people, myself included, I have to be completely transparent and honest on this. A lot of people do not take the cleaning of records and the cleaning of your equipment super serious. This can lead to problems. This can lead to issues. This can lead to you not enjoying the hobby fully, as Ryan has said multiple times on this show. So today we're going to be talking about why it's important, how to do it, all the good stuff around cleaning your records. So, Ryan, first I'm going to start off by saying something really interesting because I just put a turn, I just put a record on a turntable that I got. It was a used record. It was this one right here, one of my favorite nighttime records, by the way, "Commitment" by Jim Hall. Uh -huh. 
great record for nighttime listening. I think it's such a like a smooth, very peaceful record to listen to while you're winding down the night, right? But I noted, I noted the dust, <laughs> the the grime, the stickiness of this record, and I was just like, I cannot put this on my turntable and just plop the needle down and expect everything to be okay here. Yeah. Should or personal question before I get into to our questions that we we talked about briefly before we hopped on, should I? Like, should, it, how important is it to clean that record? How important, especially the 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 used records that you you pull out and you know they're dirty, they're, they're gross. Is it is it important to clean that record first? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, with without a doubt, for uh, a wide variety of reasons, which I'm sure we'll cover each point in depth. Yeah, but yeah. Kind of the, the overarching umbrella is, you know, in our conversations, we've kind of talked a little bit about. Um, our journey as we, in addition to getting through uh, collecting vinyl, mm-hmm. but we're also, we're improving upon our stereos and our turntables and our playback systems. And not saying that we're spending crazy amount on those things, mm-hmm. but as you get more serious in terms of the sound aspects, um, then you also have to balance that with the seriousness into maintaining your gear and the quality of your sound because we're finding that in our conversations the two kind of go hand in hand right in the pursuit of music you're also pursuing quality sound in the pursuit of quality Mm -hmm. sound Mm -hmm. you're also in pursuit of quality music the two thing the two paths they overlap and they're not you know mutually exclusive each other so you're not going to be able to access the the artistry and beauty of that record until you kind of go through some kind of cleaning process to really hear what is in the grooves anyways in the first place Mm. so that's one part but the other part of it too is just slapping that onto your turntable and running whatever stylus whatever diamond whatever cartridge you got going through it um that's not going to be an ideal scenario either that's going to wear out the life of your stylus of your diamond way sooner um and it just going to increase your maintenance and replacement costs so you know you essentially kill two birds with one stone you get Mm. to hear more of the music you get to hear the music in higher quality and you take care of your gear and you get it um you improve the longevity of your gear Mm. by just running through cleaning your record in some form or fashion Mm. now i once heard a really good um not analogy but a really good saying around this like what good is buying a record and putting it on a turntable if you're not going to clean it and take care of it i once heard that uh one of my mentors in in record collecting told me that and i was like oh man like you know it's, it's about the nostalgia right and you know everyone knows already how nostalgic i am so like that was the start for me like just buying a record and putting on a putting it on a turntable was the most important thing. But I did notice before I was into cleaning, before I was into having a some, and, and I use a total, I use a mostly dry method of cleaning. It's mostly dry. Now I've started to mess around with some formulas and stuff. Talk to you about that, and, and you've advised and, and disadvised on some things. Um, but it's it, it's just so weird to me that we don't really put an emphasis on this and i think that has to do with 
something else we've talked about, which is the the all in ones, right? Like when you're going in and you're buying the all in ones, we I don't think we really put an emphasis on how important the maintenance and all of the little all of the little setup pieces are so important to making sure that you're getting the best quality of music. It's so important. So I want to start at the very top of this before we get into the solutions, before we get into any of the, the, the remedies you recommend, why is cleaning your record so important? You just talked about a, re, a, a few, just go, just expound if you want to uh, really briefly, and then we'll hop into some other of the questions. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, from the technical side, in terms of whatever gear you're running, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a diamond, the stylus on your cartridge um, is a pretty, um, in addition to being a very, it's like a very small, pre- like precision instrument. Mm-hmm. Very fragile. And you have to, you have to keep that um, as clean as possible. Um, just for basic functioning of um, the instrument yourself of itself, the turntable, and you know if you if you think of this, you know, especially if it's an older vintage used record that came from who knows where, I was gonna you know, say yeah, uh, who knows how many owners it had mm-hmm. before it got to the record shop, who knows how it was treated, smoke. Mm, um mm, uh, what mm. was it um believe it or not like kitchen grease yeah yeah i cook i cook you know, while people, i'm in my yeah. my, my, my yeah. apartment's small right? i'm not saying that grease probably pops all the way across the room but it could it definitely could um mold mm. um you know just being you know a lot of these records that end up in record shops they you know they're in like damp basements yep, we're like unsure yeah, we're unsure if said records, you know, actually ended up going through like a flooding because they're mm-hmm. in like, damp basements or that all stuff. So that gets to the record shop and we're unsure what the record shop does. Some record shops don't do anything. Some record shops just kind of brush it off. Some record shops take a cloth and pour some alcohol on it and just rub it down so it looks nice. Now, I want to stop really quickly here. I want to give a shout out again to that Baltimore shop. I talked to the owner of the shop and uh, I was with my friend. Stopped by the shop. My friend asked if if they clean every record that comes through. Uh, It was a really good question that she asked. um, And the, the, the guy answered. He was like, yo, yeah, like we clean everything. Everything that comes through here. But like you said, like, I mean, this guy had a room full of records well over a thousand two thousand records sometimes there may be stuff that gets missed mm-hmm. it, it, it leads to that second question kind of touched on it a little bit just a little brief brief moment ago uh one of the things that i use I, like i said i use almost a complete dry method i i, I use one of the roller dust roller things to kind of get any in between any of the of the grooves to get all of the dust out that doesn't get a lot of the grime out i find so i use a little bit of the the um it, there's a there's a a formula or a potion i call it a potion there's like a formula that uh comes with the uh i think it's the audio technica stuff i believe um and i drip a little bit of that on there run a uh, two types of brushes over it i run the the flat brush with no none of the little um little brushy things that can kind of fall off and then i run mm-hmm. that brush through it as well once it dries off a little bit mm-hmm. and that's sort of like my cleaning method how good is that cleaning method, Brian? Tell, tell, tell me a little bit about that. Um, I mean, 
you know, any cleaning method is better than none. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just that's you know, plain thing. and simple. Um, and it really comes down to like, there, there's basically three approaches, right? There is, you know, what people will refer to as like a manual process. Mm -hmm. And a manual process is typically some kind of spray or solution, mm -hmm. some kind of brush, thingamabob, and then either letting that dry or like rinsing it off, mm -hmm. right? So the solutions that are out there where they say no rinse typically have uh, some element of isopropyl alcohol in it, mm -hmm. like standard isopropyl alcohol you probably have in your medicine cabinet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You use it to take care of like cuts Wounds, and any uh, yeah, paper cuts, kind of... yeah, anything like so that. Actually, almost all of these solutions, especially the ones that say no rinse, don't need to rinse, will dry off. Mm -hmm. They have they have that isopropyl okay. alcohol. Okay, because that's what happens really good to know. It so... just goes on your record, and then it basically it eventually will evaporate and just dry off, and you're all good. Hmm. Um, the ones that, um, you know, there's also, there's other chemicals that say, you know, you want to rinse this off. Mm -hmm. Um, and typically those are preferred because mm -hmm. traditionally the ones where they want you to rinse them off in some form or fashion, which we'll talk a little bit about, yeah, yeah. um, they don't have that alcohol element. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the process of rinsing it, whether it be through your tap, tap water, under a sink or other means um that agitation you know re, uh, works with the chemical that you're that you're using and just that kind interesting. of helps bring out some of that grime mm. from the group this is super interesting because when people probably start this episode they're gonna be thinking we're gonna just probably plug a whole bunch of expensive machines that's not in fact what we're doing and one of the things i noticed in my notes is it was your answer to that question was like oh Yo, you don't need any you don't need any type of expensive uh setup for cleaning you can make your own at home remedies if you want you can yeah. literally use things that you already have to clean your yeah. records it's important that you do that this is yeah. something i didn't know coming in i thought you know coming in from the outside from the outside looking in i thought record cleaning was something that was really something you had to really be invested in in the record community before you got really like into the seriousness of, of records so it's really interesting that you're saying like actually you could start very simple very small it's it, it, would you say it's on par with the expensive machines that you see because again people are going to be listening to this episode and thinking yeah. well that we're talking i'll backtrack about. a little bit you know mm -hmm. um my first introduction into even thinking about record cleaning um was the Library of Congress website, which mm -hmm. I've talked about before. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, everyone should know the Library of Congress. They're basically a federal institution dedicated to the archiving of all sorts of media, mm. like through history. Like mm. they have things hundreds of years old and you've got a very highly qualified staff that works there mm. um, with the resources of federal government at their disposal to basically keep things like cassette tapes and CDs and Blu-rays and records that they consider like important for like American culture, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever you want to say. But if you go to the Library of Congress website and they actually have a really good page on um, record cleaning and record maintenance and 
it's a few easy materials and instructions and it basically says this is the chemical that we use that you can purchase easily mm -hmm. and cheaply and this is how you apply it and this is how you rinse it off and then you let your record dry and then you're good Damn. <laughs> i Damn. mean and that's that's the library of congress yeah um yeah. i think the actual people that actually work there that are responsible for maintaining their record collection mm -hmm. i want to say they use some kind of like fancier vacuum record cleaning yeah. machine which we'll talk about yeah yeah that's my I next think, question I think, it's, I think it's telling that their recommendation on the website for just consumers that are google searching this stuff when you get yourself to the library of congress website i mean it's it's a it's a pretty simple process yeah, to be they, they have they they have the most simplest way to to do it that's really cool and so i i think what we should do is leave a link to that in the in the description of the episode just to kind of help people guide people along the way because again i definitely thought that cleaning records was something for the serious collector you know not for the the intro guy but you know it, even being introed into this it is important to keep your records clean you get the best sound quality all of that stuff matters but you alluded to my next question which was why the expensive machines why is there is it similar to the reissues that are expensive and and you know for no good reason but the fact that you know this is a record that everyone wants but it, like why is it that there seems to be such a like it, the, the expensive machines seem to be such a commodity in our community yeah. that yeah. they seem they just they're just unaffordable to the everyday person yeah i mean the machines basically and when we say machines we're basically looking at two different types of devices we're, we're looking at basically what's known as a uh, vacuum based record cleaning machine mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that uses some kind of suction from a vacuum um that literally pulls guck out of the groove mm. and like dissipates it Right. And then the ultra fancy is what's known as the ultrasonic machine. Mm -hmm. And the ultrasonic machine is um, essentially uh, bathing a record in some kind of water, mm -hmm. water based solution. And then this water solution is activated by these transducers that, you know, fire a, an extremely high frequency mm -hmm. and it turns the water into basically these tiny bubbles that crash into the groove yeah. and yeah. basically pull all that guck out. Mm -hmm. And then the ultrasonic and, you know, these two devices, they use sound, physic, you know, actual properties. The vacuum uses a vacuum effect suction mm -hmm. and the ultrasonic uses a technique. Uh, it's called cavitation. So mm -hmm. cavitation is the way that people have been um, ultrasonic cleaning is not new. Mm -hmm. um, the way that a jeweler like would clean, like like the crevice of like a like a diamond mm -hmm. or like a diamond ring mm -hmm. or like very fancy jewelry, um, they use ultrasonic cleaning. They use cavitation to really get their silver and their gold like on point. Nice. Um, and then I want to say like just like the government and like military cleaning, like really high profile, super laboratory cleaning. Mm -hmm. um, they use ultrasonic cleaning for like their tools, right? Mm -hmm. So at some point in time, someone realized, oh, like, you know, we can adapt this for record cleaning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why and, not? Because <laughs> why not? Because, you know, groove is basically microscopic small. Mm -hmm. And there's an argument that um, 
uh, this microscopic groove contains a lot of information mm -hmm. and it's easy to get that groove clogged up with dirt and grime and, mm -hmm. and all that sorts mm -hmm. of stuff. And, you know, someone just kind of took it to the nth level. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the epitome. And basically what those machines offer is just a level of convenience mm -hmm. and like consistency. Because if we backtrack, like when I do a manual process with records, you know, I'm taking a record and I've got these, like they're called record label savers. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and you do the little thing yeah. and you know, they're like, it's like a bolt that goes through the spindle hole yep, yep. and you have the record. So, so and the reason why you're a record label for the folks who may be like super, super elementary to this, exactly. yeah, it, it, it clamps on the record, uh, on yep. the record label. So like even in the most extreme moisture, your, yep. your record label won't get any yep. weirdness around it. So, yeah. And then I've got this, I've got this set up, right. Mm -hmm. And then I get whatever spray thing I'm going to spray into my record, mm -hmm. brush, brush, brush brush the spray mm -hmm. um i run under i run it under the tap okay. right so i've got warm ish tap water yeah right because you want to clear off all that you know all that whatever chemical stuff you don't want to leave it on yeah yeah um and you rinse it off all right and then you don't want to leave tap water on your record so you got to get a bottle of distilled water because mm -hmm. distilled water is mineral free and you got to spray mm. The record both sides thoroughly because mm -hmm. the the distilled water rinse um basically removes the tap water mm -hmm. and then you gotta shake 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 <laughs> and then you need to find a way to dry it mm -hmm. so you need some kind of like lint-free sponge or lint-free microfiber sponge. cloth yeah. yeah dry it off and then you can't just like slap it onto your record from there you have to like leave it somewhere so a lot of people will like put up they'll use a, a dish rack yep i've then, seen this method i've used this right? method myself yeah there you go yeah, yeah. and then you let it dry for an hour or so and then you're ready to go so that's that's a process it's a it, it's a very effective process it's, it, you can you can do it uh well um but it takes practice to create consistent results yeah. and but if you want to make that whole entire process faster you got the vacuum machine, you got the ultrasonic machine, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't want to commit the financial aspect for a vacuum machine or for ultrasonic, that's cool, but you're going to commit time and labor using a purely manual process. Hmm. Let's talk about the pricing of this stuff for a little bit, because that also seems like a, a, a bit that, that keeps people back when we're talking about these expensive machines, I want to put it in relative uh, nature to what expensive is in our hobby, right? Um, expensive in our hobby varies. Uh, we're talking about records, you know, for certain people, $50 is expensive versus, you know, a $400 record, right? Um, you know, so it's all relative, right? So how much are these machines that we're talking about? The, the really the, the ultrasound, the ultrasonic ones, uh, anything that's going to be super uh, high quality that we're talking about. How much do these machines usually run? Yeah. So um, the vacuum based machines, I think you can, um, I think the cheapest, the vacuum machines that would be effective and consistent enough, they can be um, maybe 200 or so. Ooh. Yeah. So 200 or so. Um, the, the solid ones, 
start to creep in at like 500. Yeah. And then I think as you, as you get closer to a thousand, you know, they may have some other like functional element, like in addition to a vacuum, mm -hmm. it might have like a thing that can spray onto it or, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's all sorts of different things, yeah. but you know, the basic, all you need, you know, I've even seen people just use a shop bag and using a shop bag vacuum. Mm -hmm. um, and then they find some kind of attachment for their shop back mm -hmm. that you put on the end and you can use that to suck. No, you're not telling people to just put a normal vacuum cleaner suck back um, to a record. I mean, the only, the fear <laughs> would be is if you're unsure of like the quality of the fibers mm -hmm. or the extension, you, I mean, you could do more harm. Yeah. You could actually scratch up said record. You don't want to do that. So I think there, there's... If you look online, you can find people that sell um, attachments for your shop vac mm -hmm. vacuum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen these. I've seen these too. That are like, you know, record friendly. And then there's another tier around the $100 range yeah. where people basically sell um, something. It's like, um, um, like I've seen a device where it looks like a record. It looks like a like a record cleaning machine, like mm -hmm. it has a platter, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the record, and it has like the the wand that would do the suction. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that's missing is there's an attachment that you actually then attach it to your shop vac. Because mm -hmm. then your shop vac acts as the motor mm -hmm. and as like the thing that actually sucks in the, wow. the stuff from the groove. Wow. So okay. that's been like okay. one of the affordable ways but if you go on Amazon and you did a search for, I think it's called the record doctor. Okay. The record doctor would be about, I think the cheapest, but still decent quality, actual independent vacuum record cleaning machine. Mm -hmm. And I want to say an older model might be around 200. The newest models like 300. Yeah, I'm looking but, it up on Amazon so, right now. Yeah, it looks I like think that's what it is, yeah, it the looks like two hundred nineteen dollars. You can find a record yeah. doctor, and um, that is actually a pretty sound investment. Okay, the record doctor they they basically um, like the motor and mm -hmm. the suction mechanism that they use. They license that from a really reputable company called Nitty Gritty. Okay, so Nitty Gritty was one of the older um, record cleaning machine companies and that was one of the first to really make this thing a popular thing and they basically licensed like some of their tech mm -hmm. and they just put it in kind of a cheaper chassis and um so usually someone that wants that sees the benefit in a vacuum record cleaning machine because it's just easy to use really fast quick easy results consistent mm -hmm. quality uh, a quality cl cleanse mm -hmm. um that's a pretty solid bet because amazon yeah, yeah. Um, if you have an next issue day, with it. Next day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just not everyone has access to, you know, a record store that might be selling these things. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's usually kind of one of my go-to recommendations. If someone saw a need possibly to go a step up from that, mm -hmm. um, you have VPI, um, you have Nitty Gritty uh, Project, um, a lot of these turntable companies that you hear their names that manufacture turntables, they've also manufactured cleaning machines. Um, and you can expect them to work really well because if they know how to make a turntable, they know how to they clean know it. How to make it. Yeah, a record cleaning machine, it really isn't, a, it's not a complicated thing, 
right? Yeah. It's like, it's a box and in this box has a motor and you have some way of suctioning off stuff mm -hmm. from the groove. And you've got some kind of platter that the record sits on and spins. So it's not a hard concept, nice. you know, in that nice. sense. And then the ultrasonic is just like, that's kind of like the overkill, no expense um, kind of thing. And typically the, the ultrasonics, even though I've seen that the technology, the price of that stuff has kind of come down. Mm. A lot of it comes from China. Okay. So a lot of the China manufactured ultrasonics are actually under a thousand. So some of these ultrasonic machines are actually cheaper than the higher quality vacuums. And mm -hmm. some people debate back and forth which direction they want to go in. Um, but they're really fancy ultrasonics, which basically what they offer is just convenience. Um, it they look good, like right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these ultrasonic machines, pleasing. Yeah, a lot of these ultrasonic machines, they they basically are these like laboratory looking things, you know, with some kind of metal probe that you put the record through and it spins it, and then you've got this like open bath of water no, where all no. of the the cavitation takes place. Let's talk here really quick, Ryan, because the, the this whole show spawned from you sending me a picture of your cleaning machine, which looks freaking futuristic. And we're in 2021, right? We're in 2022 in a, in a few days. But um, yeah, let's let's talk about what your machine is and, and how it, and if you like it, uh, you recommend yeah. it. If you wanna just do a quick plug for it, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like I, I wanna hear more about this machine because you talked to me about it. And the thing you said was that your wife loves it, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, yeah. even for as like cool as it is, mm -hmm. you know, it just, um, it's not like the typical ultrasonic machine really is like this open metal chrome bin. Um, that's not just very aesthetically pleasing, but it gets the job done really well. Mm -hmm. So I use what's known as a degritter. Okay. Um, and I think it's, it's European based, uh, Estonia, I think. Um, but just because it's a really quality product, they've got tons of us distribution mm -hmm. so music direct which is out here in chicago um they're one of the main us distributors for it nice. um i picked a mine up from a uh a distributor uh, a hi-fi shop in wisconsin um and the only reason why i was even able to make this like work mm -hmm. is that um this hi-fi shop was very generous i traded in some old audio gear that i had which I wasn't using mm -hmm. and they gave me an extremely generous uh, trade in value. So I was like, well, you know, I need this. So might as well. Um, yeah, might as well. Uh, I had a vacuum record cleaning machine, but due to age, it started to go like it started to go on the fritz. The suction power wasn't, uh, you could tell the suction power wasn't mm -hmm. as intense. Mm -hmm. um, so I sent that in uh, and it's a nitty gritty vacuum. Mm -hmm. um, so I sent that in but they gave me like, it might be a while for us to get to this repair. Um, so while that's getting repaired, I was like, I started just, the brain starts exploring ideas. It does, so it does. That's what, <laughs> that's what then got me down the Google manhunt of the ultrasonic cleaning. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, when I went there, people online were speaking very highly of this uh, degritter ultrasonic um, for the way that it looks, for it's operational, it's ease of convenience, um, it's got some features on it that kind of put it in another tier and a step up, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like, like 
just like the whole like clean cycle. Some of these ultrasonics are very basic. Some of them offer you some customization in terms of right, like nice. kind of cycle. Mm -hmm. You can do a quick cycle, a medium cycle, a heavy cycle. You can control your drying. Sounds like a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole little thing. And it just, all it does is, you know, all, you know, that just adds up to just added convenience, yeah. um, consistency of results. Because you'll notice, some, I've noticed sometimes too, um, if I rush my manual cleaning process, mm -hmm. um, you'll put it on the record, and then at the end of a side, your stylus it picks up all this dirt. You're like, why did why did my stylus get Great all this point. dirt? Great point. I just I just did this whole thing of washing and spraying and rubbing and rinsing. Mm -hmm. So there's usually if you don't have your process down pat. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you don't actually rid the record of all the guck that's yeah, in there yeah. you just kind of bring it up to the surface yeah exactly and then exactly. your stylus just it, it just takes it all up so the vacuum machines and the ultrasonic machines it you know it kind of takes out that guess not i won't say guesswork but it kind of it gets you more effective more consistent results nice you, nice now as I've said this at the top of the show. I've said it before in many other shows, but it does seem tricky for a person who's just getting into this hobby. What, and this is a off, off cuff um, question, but what would you recommend? What would you recommend to the person who has a little bit of wiggle room money wise finance, right? And, and you may have already recommended it. So if it's a simple, you know, one, if it's the, the, the gritter, then let's go there. But what machine or what process would you recommend to a person who's just getting into this hobby, j just starting and wants to do the, the, the machines that we've discussed? Yeah. What machine would you recommend to start? Um, I personally would recommend some kind of vacuum based machine. Okay. Um, that meets the compromise in terms of price, mm -hmm. uh, cost, uh, space, ease of use, convenience, uh, good, reliable, productive results, right? Like the machine, the ultra of the the ultrasonic machines, which many of them are north of a thousand, they work really well. Mm -hmm. um, ultrasonic cleaning is the epitome of cleaning. Period. Yeah. yeah. For anything that's for medical, uh, for military, um, for um, the food industry, mm -hmm. right? Food industry is huge on ultrasonic cleaning because. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You like, you want clean yeah, yeah. cooking instruments, and you know what I mean. Yeah. If you ever so, seen an industrial dishwasher, you'll know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. 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 So, you know, but you know that technology, it's it's going to cost you. For the for most people, that's out of their range, and that's cool too. Mm -hmm. um, on the other side, the manual spray, rinse, dry process, um, that can be done very cheaply, mm -hmm. but the effort, the labor, the willingness to experiment with the process, the chemicals, the sprays, the rinsing, the drying to get it to where you can do it well and efficiently and consistently. A lot of people just don't have the time and energy for that. Yeah. So that's where the middle of the road is some kind of vacuum based machine because it seems to check a lot of boxes um and not that much more expensive to be honest with you 
That's interesting. And and so in saying that, it does sound like too that you're and this is different for you because typically you recommend staying away from cheap stuff. I'm not calling this next machine cheap, but it does sound like you're also sort of recommending that, you know, if you want to start in, in the record cleaning stuff, you could start with stuff like the record washer system, right? Like something super yeah. basic. You can buy it on Amazon for like 50 bucks. You know, you, you, you buy it. It's, you know, it's literally like a, a semi-manual, right? You put it on the little thing, you spin it around a few times in this solution, you dry it off. You know, and, and boom, you can put your record on a turntable. So am I right in that assumption? Like, or, or Yeah, and actually um, the record washer, I think is something different. Yeah, it may be a little um, different actually. Yeah, yeah. There's a thing called a spin clean. Yeah, I get, the, um, I get those mixed up. And I know that there's like a lot of off-brand offshoots of this stuff too. Yeah. And I know I, I, I found one on Amazon that was called the record yeah. washer. And I was like, yeah. interesting, rec the record washer. Yeah, the original, <laughs> so, um, the original, version was the spin clean mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. it's basically um like a tray mm -hmm. um and a tray has that record that kind of you know it's basically a system that allows it, it basically does a manual cleaning process mm -hmm. and you're basically paying for the 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 chemical the spray yeah as well as like the tray that little that, that, and is it yellow that you, little yellow tray yes. you're talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so the, this, saw, yeah. yeah and the spin clean the spin clean is um that's founded in like solid chemistry like the actual the thing that you spray on that they give you with the spring clean mm -hmm. um that is like a formulate a formulation that they came up with that like even chemists people that are into chemistry or people that are professional chemists online are like yeah that's that's good stuff right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. believe it or not there's this very weird overlap of like professional chemists and chemical engineers mm. that are also into like vinyl, vinyl records <laughs> of course of course <laughs> so <why not? laughs> you know you'll you, if you're on the forums and online enough i mean you'll have people just basically like hey i'm a professional chemist i'm mm -hmm. a chemical engineer here's my background um here are the chemicals that i recommend um they're safe they're environmentally friendly mm -hmm. they're not going to harm your records they're cheap etc cetera, etc cetera. so a lot of the stuff you know when i was first starting to clean records um like i just found some really helpful things and people online that were like based on their background i knew they weren't steering you yeah. right yeah. Yeah, which is very different because you, you have people that you know they'll use dish soap yeah. They'll, they'll use straight like straight alcohol yeah um isopropyl alcohol they'll do all sorts of weird things so, so you have to be careful you have to be careful i was gonna say that i was gonna yeah. say that the online community can be very very tricky that's a part of that trickiness that i talked about at the top where it can be i mean you're this is one of those very divisive topics of this is something that through youtube research and forum research i've seen a lot of different opinions i've seen people say yes dish soap works and i mean there seems to be sort of a consensus now about hey don't use dish soap. don't use dish soap please yeah but well the thing the thing about dish soap is number one right? like dish soap is actually compared to what you could be buying mm -hmm. it's actually very expensive yeah it really is yeah. because in dish soap they add all sorts of stuff to it and it's like marketed and branded whatever it is mm -hmm. so the you know the actual chemical in dish soap 
that actually does the the wetting of the surface and the detergency mm-hmm. you can get those you can get the pure chemicals online very easily mm. right mm-hmm. and so this can be things like uh turgotol mm-hmm. triton uh Alka, um alkanox liquinox right is another popular one mm-hmm. um these are all like like you just go to the website and they'll give you a whole pint or quart that will last you a full lifetime yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be yeah. like 10 or 20 bucks total and okay. then you just and then you just make your own in a spray bottle based on the percent the 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 percent that they recommend you and you mix it with distilled water and then there you go and that is so a, that is important. it's actually it's, it's a waste of money using the dish soap because mm-hmm. dish soap is expensive but you know <laughs> i'm not sure it is. where no, it is. i'm not sure if you know why people are using bottles and bottles of dish soap between their records <laughs> that, that, that doesn't make any sense but the other <laughs> side of it the other side of it too is if you don't rinse that stuff off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those kind of that that dish if you don't rinse that stuff off really really well like you may potentially be doing more harm oh, to yeah. the records all sort chemicals, of gluey sort of gluey yeah, yeah that, all all chemicals leave a residue mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. all chemicals leave a residue even with a really good vacuum or a really good rinse yeah. um however way you do it um but the dish soap has so much stuff inside of it that it can be a tricky thing um right and you know there's some thought you know you're then going to put that underneath your your on your turntable and run your really you know some of us might be using some pretty expensive cartridges yeah yeah i just i just invested in a cartridge myself that i talked about on the show recently uh the autophon so yeah you don't want to just be putting that thing on anything and you know those things are expensive 150 dollars you know (laughs) you're paying you know for one little cartridge you know or one little thing so uh, that's that's really important, Ryan. I really appreciate the, these answers, man. So, with all of this saying, I think, are there any absolute nots that just don't do, don't do this when it comes to cleaning? Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the first step is just like, um, if you're gonna do a manual spray or clean, like, mm-hmm. you should know what you're spraying onto your record, right? I can tell you exactly, you know, the stuff that I spray on my records. I can tell you exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I have access to the, the actual, like, it's called the IDSS. Mm-hmm. Every single chemical that's sold, at least in America, like, needs to come with it a, like, specification sheet. Yeah, yeah. Right? Of, like, what exactly this What's chemical in it? is. Yeah, yeah, you'll see it on right? the back. Yeah. So <laughs> I can tell you whether I'm using Turgotol or Triton or Alkalinox Liquinox, I can tell you exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Right? And these are pure chemical substances that I'm using purely for the, the detergency. Like there's an actual cleaning effect uh, as well as um you know someone might ask how come i can't just like take a record and just run water on top of it yeah yeah i've, got, I've seen so, that question a lot yeah. yeah water has a surface tension that it actually doesn't break apart like if you take water if you splash water onto a record mm-hmm. and it like beads up um it doesn't actually get into the groove so mm-hmm. believe it or not if you're if the goal of record cleaning is to clean the groove mm-hmm. splashing water on top of a on top of a record basically doesn't do anything yeah so uh, yeah right? it, you it, have to you have to break up water yeah i was going to say it sounds water, like it's too big of a molecule even to like, yeah, really exactly. get in there yeah so um without getting too fancy um you know 
the actual, it's called a surfactant, mm -hmm. S-U-R-F-A-C-T-A-N-T. Surfactants are in every kind of cleaning, whether it be dish soap or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, so you can actually buy a pure surfactant mm -hmm. that when you mix it with distilled water and you spray it onto a record, you'll notice it doesn't beat up. Mm. The It actually gets, it wets, it sheets the record and it gets into the groove. Okay. And then whether you want to vacuum that off or you rinse that off under a tap, that's where that stuff actually, the groove actually gets cleaned, right? Sweet. So if someone's out there is thinking, how come I can't just like, why do I even have to use some kind of chemical spray? Mm -hmm. Like that's the reason being, because water by itself actually doesn't get into the groove due to like surface water tension mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of times what people will try to, like what you see online, oh, try this chemical, try this spray. Mm -hmm. um, basically, they're using some kind of surfactant mixed with some kind of some element of isopropyl alcohol. So it dries, mm -hmm. but you can just buy those things yourself. <laughs> you don't have to buy the $20 magic potion. Mm -hmm. You can, these are, these are, these are chemicals that are literally pennies on the dollar mm -hmm. uh, for how much you get and how, how cheap it is. Mm -hmm. um, and as long as you're okay, just mixing your own solutions and you're good with just like, researching online and or you have a good you know you have good resources like it's it's pretty easy and manageable yeah yeah it sounds sounds like it um and honestly i think the 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 individual solutions something that people pride themselves on in our community i've seen so many videos about this yeah. uh what people mix and what people put together to kind of create their own little solution that they believe is the best solution in the world yeah. of course and that works above all else and you know is, is the best thing since sliced bread so I, I like our i like how our community can kind of um have that that individualism mm -hmm. with with the approach uh, but yeah. they all they all sound like what you're saying though ryan they all sound yeah. like you know and you kind of going back going back to the original question mm -hmm. in terms of um like what are some don'ts so mm -hmm. kind of avoid so that's just really the biggest thing is as long as you're comfortable with whatever thing you're spraying on your record mm -hmm. so be it um you want to avoid things that are um overly acidic mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so like um you know like the ph scale it has to be you want to keep the ph scale of what you're using neutral yeah, yeah. and if what you're trying to use doesn't tell you what its ph level is maybe you want to reconsider using it right i can tell you like the stuff that i use i know exactly it's at a, it's at a neutral right mm -hmm. it's not acidic it's not basic it's at a neutral ph because mm -hmm. once things get too base or get too acid like that's that's something that you want to go down so that's that's the first don't um number two just you know how are you going to dry your record right if you're mm -hmm. doing a manual process where you're running it under a tap or spraying it with distilled water mm -hmm. um you know you, mm -hmm. you have to be particular what kind of cloth or sponge you are using right yeah, you i want to make sure I like that you mentioned water. that that cloth that's so important to have a whole sheet of these yeah. Uh, it's got to be it's got to be lint yeah, yeah it's got to be lint free um it's got to have fine soft enough fibers where it doesn't actually mm -hmm. scratch up your record mm -hmm. um so you know google search you know 
even if someone wanted you know if you want if, stuff, if someone emailed me i would i would send them whatever resources i use and stuff that you know whatever it may may be but you know just good old-fashioned google searching and just online reading will you lead know. you to what people use and then finally just kind of like where are you cleaning records how are you drying your records? i was hoping you brought this point um, up you know what i mean if cleaning if, stations yeah 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 really you, important you, you don't need a laboratory clean room but <laughs> you know, at the same token um you need to have just a clean work area and workflow and um you know you just have to you know, just be smart about that kind of stuff and then we've said this before last but not least okay you've cleaned said record you've mm -hmm. dried said record mm -hmm. you know what are you putting your record into you need to have nice sleeves and yeah you know, yeah all, oh, man. Me and, this is the point where me and you really agree uh, a heavy amount and not saying we disagree on cleaning i i just don't clean as much as as the the typical um the typical collector uh, but the sleeves are so important. Uh, I am so invested in making sure. And you just notice the difference when you pull the records out of these sleeves that are all, I don't know if they're plastic. What are they, Ryan? Are, are they like a... It's some kind of... Like um, some type of plastic that's not the cardboard yeah. that vinyl typically yeah. comes in. It's it's so beautiful pulling it out yeah. and seeing the, the amount of dust that collects versus when I pull out something, a really old Dusty or something that I just got from a, a record store and it has that old fashioned cardboard sleeve in it. It's just, you, you pulling out all that stuff and you just see it. I have this little, little micro, not microfiber, but a little, this little light that shines on, on the record here. And you just see all of that paper that's just hanging out on the record. It's just gross. So yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of making sure you re-sleeve your records and, and you can find these sleeves all over the web. Um, I buy mine from Turntable Labs. You know, people can get them literally from anywhere. I know there are a few record stores in DC that sell them exclusively. So like you can literally find these anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah, so I mean, this is, this is one of those episodes, I think, Ryan, where I, I think... Because I, I like to think of Record Spinner Podcast listeners as new to vinyl a lot, most of them. Of course, there's a great demographic of people who aren't super new to vinyl and that, you know, may inbox me sometimes. You've seen some of the messages they'll inbox me sometimes saying, uh, actually, like, you know, X, Y, Z and Z2, whatever. And it's like, OK, cool. Like, I got that wrong, whatever. But uh, but I think this will be very helpful for a lot of people who, who listen in and, and maybe don't know where to start with this stuff for sure. And then what I would say to a new vinyl person is if this whole idea of sprays and washes and rinse and process, if that's if that's if you don't want to go there, mm -hmm. then just get a vacuum machine. That's it. It's going to be like the simplest, easiest, um, uh, I would say best cost for performance clean ratio um you know and a function. lot of these a lot of these vacuum machines they're small enough where you could actually have it next to your turntable mm -hmm. so and then you get your stuff and then hey you know before you run it yeah it before you run it the turntable, process yeah it becomes a part of the process you, you pop put it, it there you literally just press a button mm -hmm. the thing spins mm -hmm. thing sucks up the guck um I've all of that setup yeah, all those those papery fibers that sometimes these used records, but even these new records, you know, these new records that sometimes, um, depending upon 
how they came out of the pressing plant, mm -hmm. um, being packaged in the traditional paper, um, paper inserts. Mm -hmm. um, just run that quick. Just run that through a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Now, another big point that you were talking about when you first hit me up about this subject, you told me that you have found the Bible for record cleaning. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about yeah. this for a little bit. Yeah. What? It, yeah. Who, who has this Bible? Who who has written the gospel for, yeah. uh, for yeah. record cleaning, in your opinion? Yeah. So uh, his name is Neil Anton, A-N-T-I-N. Mm -hmm. And I stumbled upon... Um, guess you would call it i mean at its surface he wrote an article but mm -hmm. an article would be an understatement yeah you sent it to because me it's i haven't even finished is, it. <laughs> it's like a, it is a 200 page like it's, a, it's almost like a dissertation yeah yeah um yeah. and um in addition to a dissertation um i think he actually ha ran it through a number of users so it's kind of like a what do you call it um when you're in graduate school and you write a really uh, thesis. fancy paper. Yeah. Like but then like, like yeah, like your, your final thesis paper, but mm -hmm. then you have to actually run it through a panel of people. Oh like yeah. 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 I don't know what that's called. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a fancy, yeah. Fancy you know, word for it. Yeah. I can't think about it. Yeah, um, I didn't go but to grad school. Basically this thing that he did is that for record cleaning. Gotcha. And he essentially covers, um, virtually every single kind of chemical that you could actually use to spray and clean on a record. Mm -hmm. And he breaks down the composition of all of these chemicals. And mm -hmm. he basically has recommendations for, these are the ones that you want to use because they do this and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they won't harm your vinyl. And I would recommend you stay away from this stuff. That sounds dope. And so that's that. And then he actually runs through a process that he developed of cleaning a record that um, his background is, I think through as a chemical engineer for the Navy, for the, mil for the military. Nice. And he was um, like a person that like won numerous like awards and recognitions through the federal government and through the military, through his service mm -hmm. to the Navy, because he was responsible for keeping like their pipelines and a lot of their machines like super tip top clean. Nice. So he basically applied his experience and his background, combined it with his love for vinyl records. And he's basically shared all this information like free and willingly. Mm -hmm. um, he participates in um, a lot of the online forums and people go onto his threads and ask him questions and nice. he nice. responds within a day and he's very polite and very respectful and I've never ever seen him respond to someone talking down in terms of they had question about this chemical or this spray or this this process. Um, and you can find his article on a website called thevinylpress.com. Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, a, like a vinyl website that's like a blog type that's okay. hosted okay. by um, this other person that's friends with this Neil Anton um, gentleman. And basically, um, if someone were to access that PDF and read through it, um, you'll, I, I would feel confident in saying uh, you will know everything that there is needed to know about cleaning records effectively and safely through a manual process, through a vacuum, 
and or an ultrasonic machine. I'm um, co-signing that. I'm co-signing yeah. that because I'm a quarter of the way through and it it's like, yeah. yeah, this is just as different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. A I'll lot of it, it, you know, a lot of it, you don't have to read word for word because mm -hmm. a lot of what he does in that PDF is um, like, he's approaching him like a scientist because he's a scientist. He's a retired chemical engineer scientist for the US Navy. Um, so he approaches that article very much in the sense of like, I want to show you like, you know, as a scientist, we go through a scientific method mm -hmm. and he basically outlines his whole entire process for, you know, his confirmations on like why he feels this works and this doesn't work and this works. Cause a, a basic thing about vinyl record cleaning, you know, at its core, it's, it's a really simple thing, but at the end of the day, it involves people spraying something onto a record, rubbing into the record and then getting that guck off of the record in some form or fashion. That is what record cleaning is. Mm -hmm. And what he wrote is just like what he feels is the safest and best way currently and most of cost, you know, in many ways, cost effective way to kind of manage all of this, which is which is what we covered essentially here. Yeah. Um, and so and and final final questions around uh, wrapping this this topic up, we'll, we'll, of course, double back on this topic based on questions and based on, you know, feedback, all that good stuff. I think the getting technical series has been something that has really been helping people. Uh, it's some of the some of the most listened to stuff that uh that we have out there ryan so i really appreciate you um taking the time and talking about this stuff but in fine and final i want to ask how often should you be cleaning your records is this like an every time I i've heard people say this I've heard people say every time i pull this record out i clean it mm. is it that um, is, it, would, is it that serious or uh, is it i would say that's that sounds pretty excessive okay <laughs> okay um the people that i the people that i interact with online mm -hmm. Um, the traditional approach is um, you clean a record when you get it mm -hmm. and pretty much you're good, right? Gotcha. Okay. So, okay. you know, I guess a way of thinking, you know, you almost have to think of like, there's, I guess there's a philosoph there's a, there's a way to view record cleaning where if you're viewing record cleaning as what you can see on the surface, mm -hmm. like that's like, if you think record cleaning is that, that will lead you down a path of doing too much i can just brush yeah or i can just wipe and, and that's that, yeah, that's that's where i started with this is yeah. is making sure i use that brush when you pull your records yes. out of that paper sleeve and you see so, those paper bits you just clean that stuff off of it essentially yeah, yeah. so i guess the question i have for you is uh -oh. there, the other the other philosophy of record cleaning is that there is elements that are in the microscopic grooves of the record mm-hmm that you can't just wipe and brush off mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so the philosophical question in a sense is like you know what's you know what's important for you now for me just like the way my mind works and just kind of how i break that down the what's in the groove is more important than what it looks like on the outside gotcha yeah yeah, yeah. from from an actual record playing sonic audio perspective right mm -hmm. so if if let's say i was in a conversation with someone and if someone was saying like if if i was talking to them through my process and they said like you're crazy my records look fine on the surface <laughs> i don't need to do anything else yeah, yeah, yeah. 
where I'm coming from, I'd be like, okay, cool, you're straight. That's <laughs> fine. You shouldn't let them do that, right? right? I'm not going to have. <laughs> I'm not going to further. I'm not going to further that debate mm-hmm. if they're if they're not yet. They can see yeah. that a record is basically microscopic grooves that that junk can get in. Yeah. Now, if I'm having the same conversation with someone else, that's like, how do I really get? You know, I feel like. I want to really get into the groove to mm-hmm. cl- make sure my records are as clean as possible. Mm-hmm. Then I can have a different conversation with that person. No, that's great. That's great. And so, yeah, I would have to answer it. I've seen, I'm a, I've progressed to that level. Um, I used to be definitely a surface level uh, thinker when it came to this and, and no pun intended when it came to that, like I didn't want to dig beneath the surface of the vinyl to even think about it. Um, what changed me in addition to conversations with you, of course, later, but even before then, what changed me about this and what made me think about this really deeply, honestly, was hearing the sound quality of a record that I thought was super clean. And I was <laughs> like, what is this? What, why am I he- still hearing hiss? Why am I still hearing like buzz? Like, and it's like, you're yep. hearing this, not because the record's damaged, not because anything yep. bad is going on with your needle. Mm-hmm. It's literally because you haven't gotten in. This This is this yep. is something you can't see with the naked eye. You get what yes. I'm saying? Like, this is something. Right. And, and I watched a really helpful YouTube video on that uh, a few years back, actually. And uh, it really hit me to, I was trying to think about what, what the, the channel was, but it really hit me to thinking about records differently. Um, when you're talking about these microscopic um, uh, grooves, you're, you're seeing with your with your naked eye, you're seeing literally the surface. That's it. You're not yeah. seeing what actually is in that groove. Mm-hmm. And so when you put a record on a turntable, you'll hear that difference, especially with the older records. If they're used mm-hmm. records, like you said, that have gone through many owners, you'll, you'll wipe it clean. You'll see yeah. it looks sparkly and nice. Yeah. You put it on a turntable and then you got skips or then you have a hiss yeah. and you're like, yeah. what's going on? And it's like, you didn't clean the record. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's going so, on. <laughs> so. And, you know, record shops, um, the record shops that I shop at that I like that I like to mm-hmm. um, either they have some kind of like vacuum record cleaning machine that they run their like mm-hmm. records mm-hmm. through their used ones or they actually have like industrial level like ultrasonic machines where they can like clean five to ten records at a time at a time yeah i've seen the um and yeah yeah exactly so uh but i've also seen some record shops that i've stumbled in where i've seen the owner spray the records with wd-40 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh take straight al- straight alcohol rub it on a cloth uh-huh and then make the record shiny. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Right? I've seen that. Um, <laughs> and though, that's that, that's just that's really bad. That's yeah. just bad for the record. That's bad for the groove. That's bad for your your cartridge now, that's going to be playing it. One question I'm um, going to so that's ask. also like quality record cleaning. It's almost too. It's kind of like for your own like protection. Yeah. Right. Your yeah. own your own peace of mind. Um, and this this isn't just for used records too. This is you know a new record. I was going to ask that. I was gonna people ask. people don't realize that a a pressing plan of records, it's it's a manufacturing plan. Yeah. In, in fact, you know if you think of like like for example, a food processing plant has to meet certain standards, federal standards, government yeah. standards for cleanliness. 
um, in, in, in the canning and the production of food, um, a pressing plant doesn't have any of those standards. Mm -hmm. So I would say a pressing plant from what I've seen is on the lower tier for manufacturing mm -hmm. and cleanliness. Mm. So pressing plants are actually pretty dirty environments. I mean, mm -hmm. um, more, more often than not, the workers, they aren't wearing gloves. So if you've ever gotten a new record like sealed and you see like smudges, mm -hmm. fingerprints, yeah, yeah, you know what? Like you'll, you'll see <laughs> a lot of that stuff. And so that's the same token too, is sometimes, you know, someone will buy a new record and they'll, you know, they play and it's like, oh, it's, it doesn't sound good. Like they hear yeah. the hiss and yeah. the, you know, they hear all sorts of junk. Crackle, you'll hear, um, crackle is a common one. And, and we've talked about why crackle can happen. Uh, crackle can happen for numerous reasons. It's not only because of a dirty record. You've, you've explained this before um, in a few a few different episodes. Um, but I do want to ask one final question before I switch yeah. topics here because I want to wrap up because, you know, it's Sunday night here that we're recording this. Um, but I want to know if you're real, if you're willing to debate any person who yeah. may be, uh, who may be at home right now being like, yeah. Hey, I put WD 40 on my records. They all work great. Like, or, or whatever, or whatever. Yeah. So I want to make sure that like we leave channels open for debate for healthy debate. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, and like I said, like there's really, there's like two camps, like the WD 40 person is coming from the camp of surface it it looks good on the surface mm -hmm. so it must be good, mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and then i'll i'll try to respectfully inform them like it's there's you know a record is much more than what you see there's a lot of the true magic of a record is actually the stuff that you don't see on yeah it. and you hear you know it, what i mean it, man. Yeah, and yeah. i'll try to have that conversation but at a certain point in time if they're not going to listen yeah like I don't need to like no nah, it was a fun loving question at the, at the end of the day science and physics is on my side yeah they trump they That's trump <laughs> no you know um, I mean? no that question i mean we're gonna we're gonna be getting in 2022 is gonna be a really good year for the record spinner podcast we're gonna be uh having some we're gonna have some some good discourse with some uh me and you've talked about a few people we we're gonna have on um in the near future here um and so yeah we're gonna have some debates around some other stuff um, and but record cleaning, you know, it, it may be one of those things, but it may not. I think you found, like you said, you found the Bible um, for record cleaning. I, I've read through a few different, a uh, few different articles and, and stuff about it. I think that this is a very, it's a very subjective, objective type of thing. I mean, whatever works for you, I think, is what you're essentially saying, and you find that by you know, kind of trial and error a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's the best way forward, honestly. So I mean, any. Yeah. So All the you know, my final summary is that um, if you if you just want to clean records using some kind of spray mm -hmm. and rinse, you can do it effectively. You just have to take the time to research what you're doing mm -hmm. and be willing to experiment to make your process like consistent, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two, you know, vacuum cleaning machines they work. Mm -hmm. They're very effective. Uh, they're one of the oldest, most original forms of record cleaning that we have. The first vacuum-based record cleaning machines, I think, were they started popping up in the '60s and the '70s because yeah, yeah. that was the heyday. That was the heyday of vinyl records. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you know, you, like this is not like 
hocus pocus like magic this is like real stuff mm-hmm. um and you have all sorts of different price points um if you want you know what many consider to be the top of the hill in terms of like record cleaning mm-hmm. like true microscopic getting to the absolute bottom of the groove clearing everything out of it you know that's going to be the ultrasonic cleaning mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of different machines and price points um so like what i'm finding is like people that are really invested in their cleaning they actually utilize like all three elements mm-hmm. and that's kind of like where my process is um my my vacuum machine is in the process of being repaired but when that comes back you know i plan on using all three steps mm. so i've got the record label saver i've got like my 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 surfactant spray solution i've got the tap water rinse i've got the distilled water rinse Damn. shake shake bam slap it on the vacuum spin once switch spin twice bam third final step ultrasonic bam and then that's just for me because i can hear you know i feel you know confident that every single time that i go through a particular step or a process mm-hmm. like i can hear the improvement in the sound yeah, the yeah. clear the so frequency. got me on your side <laughs> um what i'm finding is a lot of people online that are really invested in the cleaning process they actually they don't just use like one machine or one step mm-hmm. it's actually kind of a combination of different things mm-hmm. that does different purposes. The manual pro- the manual cleaning takes care of like the bigger junk, right? Mm-hmm. The, the 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 fibers and the lint and the grease and the oil, right? Mm-hmm. That stuff sometimes is so gucky that a vacuum and even an ultrasonic really can't get to it. The vacuum is a really good effective way of just getting your record dry mm-hmm. and as it gets it dry it pulls up that guck but a vacuum doesn't necessarily get to the very bottom of the groove mm-hmm. and the ultrasonic that's like deep cleaning like it gets to the absolute depth and the most deepest part of the groove so you know the epitome i guess the 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 top of the mountain for record cleaning is what i'm finding is a lot of people actually do like all three mm-hmm. like people that own an people that own an ultrasonic machine more often than not they employ some kind of pre-cleaning process mm-hmm. before actually popping it into the ultrasonic mm-hmm. ultrasonic is like the true deep cleaning but they do some kind of pre-clean process either like through a manual spray and rinse mm-hmm. and or vacuum step that basically gets rid of all of the stuff towards the surface of the groove mm-hmm. and below the surface of the groove so that when that's cleared out you pop in the ultrasonic and that takes care of that all absolute depth of the groove mm-hmm. so that you can rest assured when you put that record on your turntable the groove is at that point essentially perfectly clean mm. well you saw me you saw me on it and uh, you know, I mean, I'm at a point with my records where I can I can step back a little bit and maybe take some time to invest in uh in in some ultrasonic or a vacuum uh, that next step in the in the cleaning world so I can have two prongs so I can kind of yeah. make sure that my records are indeed yeah. clean to the yeah. fullest. Uh, for so most yeah. people, 
for most people they can just they can stop at the vacuum to be very honest with you yeah i think that may be maybe my yeah. area for sure <laughs> yeah. the ultrasonic is just is another level which yeah. you know if you get there you get there great if you don't get there you don't need to yeah, man. Um, most people for my recommendation you can you can stop at the vacuum um like some kind of pre-clean process mm-hmm. pop it in the vacuum um that will that'll get that'll that you're 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 good you're gravy um the ultra the ultrasonic just offers there's definitely something even like records that i ran through my vacuum Mm -hmm. you know i ran them through my ultrasonic Mm -hmm. and then i play them like whoa like you can you can like it just it gets you just closer to the groove gets closer to the music you know all that stuff but when i ran it through the vacuum it was a very similar feeling like wow things are clean Things are not ticky, poppy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the cartridge is not skipping; it's just running straight through everything. Everything is smooth. Everything is gravy. Um, so you could stop at the you could stop at the vacuum. The vacuum is a solid investment. You could stop right there. Um, if you want to take it to that, if you want to level it up from there, mm-hmm. by all means, you know I, I won't complain with you. Um, but if you stick, if you just stay at the vacuum level, that I think you're fine too. Nice, nice. Well, let's switch things up and uh, round things off for this episode it's been a great episode uh, like i said i think these types of episodes really really help bring um all sorts of people to the record spinner podcast because people like to hear about different types of cleaning um different types of uh of vinyl actual vinyl theory right that's what i like to call it vinyl theory um and yeah, I, th- I think your perspective is more than than brilliant on this, Ryan. So, and because I know you research this stuff, you don't. It's not just like something you look at and be. And you, you it's one experience, and then it's two. Like it's it's you looking at all different types of methods mm-hmm. that people use throughout the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah, appreciate that, man. Um, I'm gonna switch topics to uh, one of our new segments, and I'm gonna go grab the uh, sticker that I got. I got a good story oh. from. Uh, I got from one my, too from my hometown, so I'm gonna be right back. So um, this was um, about a month ago. I hit up a uh, record convention. Nice. Yeah, there's a there's this there's this group of vinyl collectors that are local in the Chicagoland area, and they mm-hmm. host a um, like a record convention. I think maybe once okay. a month, once every two or three months. I forgot what their interval is, but I, I make it out every once in a while. And it's really nice. Just they use like a hotel conference banquet space. Nice. You've got like the tables and the vendors at their tables with their crates or boxes of records and you sift through. But one of the guys was like, yeah, we're opening up a new store. And um, the grand opening was on November 20th. Uh, but they had um, they had these nice stickers that they were passing out. Awesome. And called Round Trip Records. But then I remember going to, after that, I went to another record store and the record shop owner was like, yeah, we uh, here, take this. Mm-hmm. So like um, these guys were like basically going to record stores and like just handing out their stickers and asking them to help distribute, spread the word. Uh, so I wanted to give the sticker and this new record uh, store that opened up in the Chicago area on November 20th, it, it opened November 20th. But they got this really nice sticker that has the grand opening information and the address and the location and the date and the nice little logo. So I thought that was just like a cool, cool way of just advertising for your record store opening because and being able to, you know, give it to people at the record at the record convention yeah because i like i said i love a good sticker i love a good sticker man and i'm not sure how it is in your area but the the record store owners in the chicago area 
are they all know each other and they seem all very friendly and helpful with each other oh yeah so i i thought that was cool that after this record convention i went to two or three record shops and they all were helping out by passing out his stickers saying hey there's a new record shop opening take a sticker um you know hopefully you can come out and support them on their grand opening which you know i think this when you have that kind of vibe that's like, dope that's dope i'm gonna i'm gonna admit that that's a little bit that's a little bit above what i see here in dc oh. <laughs> uh you know the sticker part now i know that all the record shops support each other they all know each other and they all love each other i know this but there is a little bit of friendly competition i don't know i've never seen a sticker maybe for an event or something but never for like never for another shop uh that that's definitely a next level stuff right there uh but all the shops in dc do they do really heavily mess with each other they love each other like i said that's something that is felt throughout the city i talked to travis about that i'm going to be talking to neil in the new year about that just his perspective neil's the owner of psalm travis is the owner of hr record um you'll be on for that call ryan definitely yeah. for sure with uh with uh with neil so that'll be something that you'll enjoy talking to uh one of dc's most notable record shops yeah. one of my favorite that's where i got my that's where i started here in 2015 uh with uh with psalm records but uh mine my, my sticker comes courtesy of uh not my hometown but my hometown's city if that makes any sense so everyone knows or or if you don't know i'm from a small town outside of um or in southwest virginia and uh you know we have antique shops in my in my hometown that sell records we have you know maybe little fancy boutique shops that sell records but this is a first for me uh, and it's I'm, I'm super proud to present this sticker it's uh it's riverview rec vinyl and riverview vinyl is based out of lynchburg virginia that's the the actual city that um that is outside of where i grew up um so like you know i grew up in this town that was like six thousand people but lynchburg was the actual this is the actual city this is this might as well be the you know new york city of, of where i'm from right uh and they they didn't have a record store when i was growing up uh, or i think i would have got into records really really early um uh, and they did not i mean apart from like a pawn shop or or like i said a, a boutique shop they i never saw vinyl in stores right these guys have opened up a record store and my my cousin actually djs here at this record store also which is freaking awesome um but they do amazing work uh i've gone shopping at this record store a few times i've been back and forth between here and home um a couple of times over the summer uh with some family stuff that we talked about on the show and i took a break from do you know kind of like make sure i, I worked on and, and focused on uh, but while I was at home focusing on this stuff, I stopped by this shop, Riverview Vinyl. And this this uh, sticker is sort of trippy, sort of old school, uh, old school feel, little, you know, hippie vibes to it, I think. And uh, and yeah, I got a free sticker when I went and bought a whole bunch of stuff. And I've actually and then, sold some stuff to them, too. So um, I, and that recalls, um, I don't think I actually verbally shouted out. The yeah, records. yeah, yeah. Give them. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, yeah. What they're called. Uh, this is Round Trip Records. Round Trip Records, which you can find them at roundtriprecords.store, mm -hmm. www.roundtriprecords.store. Um, they had their grand opening Saturday, November twentieth. Um, so that's the actual that's the actual shout out to uh, what I was referring to. Very so, nice. 
very nice um and yeah man i'm i'm super stoked about uh about lynchburg having a record store actually because like i said apart from like the boutique stuff like we, we that's not something that's in the area so that's how i know the vinyl resurgence is real i mean this little this little city in you know southwest virginia is now uh it has a it has a vinyl shop on the map so super stoked about uh the things that come for riverview vinyl for sure um also on the same note of uh of talking about wait, awaiting records and, and looking for stuff i have my fella kuti uh box set it's box set number five uh, curated by chris martin of coldplay and yeah. femi uh kuti who is the offspring of fella uh, yeah. so yeah man this box set is awesome i haven't really dug into it yet i've been kind of busy this past i got it this past weekend i think i got it on friday before i headed out um so yeah i mean i haven't really dug into it but i, I mean it's it's fella so it's dope i know it's dope oh you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, it's not it popped up on one of my local record shops nice um one of my, my one of my probably my favorite of my locals um on their look email newsletter okay popped yeah yeah man this is it's a really dope it's a really dope project project apparently it's a lot of the more unknown release stuff or unknown stuff from fella um and I, I, it beats me because honestly before this i think it was gentleman and i think it was yellow fever maybe um and a few others that i had this is box set number five yeah box set number five yep that's the one that's the one Emmy and chris martin yes yep. that chris read the description yeah yeah and, and the liner notes are beautiful seven, man. LP, seven lps that's a lot of cleaning yeah <laughs> like i that's said i lot. haven't even gotten into it yet I, I literally took it off i took off the 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 wrapping and stuff and it's just sitting here on my on my uh turntable stand and it hasn't hasn't really been open so like <laughs> i gotta i gotta get to it this is cool this is cool yeah i know you're waiting for a lot of stuff right now ryan uh any yeah. any updates um, on that stuff so uh one of my pre-orders that i think just got shipped um what was it through intervention records uh joe jackson uh body and soul um mm -hmm. which i'm really excited joe jackson for any listeners out there was kind of what what like 80s new wave punk yeah pop. yeah he has some he has kind some cuts he has some coats he has some cuts that i really like yeah. uh, stepping out I mean, uh you know yeah, like stuff like that yeah yeah cool phase of 80s like new wave pop punkish music where it was like like you know if a saxophone player could sound that cool like on a pop record like you know <laughs> there's something going on like this guy this guy kind of knows what he's doing yeah yeah so that's coming in uh pretty soon um the you know this this my past vinyl me please stuff that just came in was absolute fire yeah so i, I had to you post that I had the Roberta Flack, uh, the Meters Rejuvenation, mm -hmm. um, and then I was able to pick up Vinyl Me Please is doing this thing where some of their older, more sought after records they're like starting to repress them. Mm -hmm. So they had a, a killer pressing of a Queen, a Night at the Opera, um, which I was able to snag one of those represses. Um, the next couple of months of Vinyl Me Please, like they announced this past week. Like they do it, like they announce like what their next three months. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, these next three months are going to be kind of slow. I was Ooh. looking at them and I was just like, 
I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah, know they about go through that. It, it happens, you know. Sometimes, it happens. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's not the stuff we're looking for, yeah. or you know, it's yeah, not the you stuff. Follow, that... If you follow, like, whether it be like the the uh, uh, there's a Reddit, a very popular Reddit for vinyl me, please, mm-hmm. and like whatever online forums you're on or whatever, a lot of people are kind of like, you know, why? And, which why is, these? Which is the <laughs> there's been a couple of uh, months of vinyl me, please, where the stuff they've offered have been absolute fire mm-hmm. fire mm-hmm. banger banger on top of banger bam so um it's okay like that you know they have this next three month chunk um it's going to be a little bit slow which is fine for me because I'm, I'm fine letting the wallet recover a little bit yeah so yeah yeah it does work a little bit it there does is, work for you a little uh, bit we casa de la claren is not missing out on vinyl there's plenty of vinyl here so um for me i don't have any complaints that these next couple of months that vinyl me please their offerings um that's going to be a little bit kind of on the slower side mm. in terms of my interest level because mm-hmm. plenty of stuff to catch up on anyway it's not a big deal yeah um, yeah yeah. Um, the the, I, the batch that I just bought from Baltimore, man, that just adds to like all the stuff that I have in my in my rotation to like get to, and it's like I'm already behind as well. Like it does kind of suck, you know. Like it's like, man, mm-hmm. like shoot, should I have bought all that stuff? Like I don't know. Like <laughs> you know, I was actually I was having kind of related. I was having a conversation with someone online, kind of going back and forth. But basically, what we were saying is, we're actually kind of thankful in a sense that there's these like delays mm-hmm. in manu- in vinyl manufacturing and production and pressing because in addition to letting like our like wallets recover a little bit it's actually been nice just to kind of like it's it's slow it's like it's forcing you to slow down mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. from a pressing standpoint and just like focus on like just a listening and just enjoying standpoint yeah um because i think i mentioned in our last ep like uh people uh um the Radiohead Kid A Amnesia mm-hmm. Anniversary Deluxe version. Um, the normal version already came out, mm-hmm. but those of us that um, went war for the deluxe version, those are still delayed. Mm-hmm. They're literally they're still stuck on a ship, on a ship. Oh, and wow. like wow, literally with the ongoing stuff that's yeah. going on with all of the, yeah. so, the shipping. But man, it's, it's not a bit. It's, it's at the end of the day, it's not. It's not. Again, Casa de la Claren is not missing out on quality vinyl. It's it's not a problem. Um, and that, that I think I said before that Marvin Gaye "Let's Get It On," um, um, that Marvin Gaye deluxe set. You're still waiting um, on that. Still waiting on that. Yeah, Man. that was supposed Man. to be November, um, but I think they had emailed out. Sorry. Um, it's looking closer to January, February, but again, same thing. It's not. Just, hey man, you know. no, especially for Marvin Gaye, that makes for good Valentine's Day music. You know, like oh, you know, you know, it's good to fall in around that time. Oh. So you know, it, it'll work. It'll all work out. Um, oh. Yeah, that does suck. We're, we're gonna have to do an episode talking about. I, I mean, that could get political. We could have a third person on, maybe even to talk about it. But just talking about how the the vinyl delays are and maybe what how like how they're affecting people i think what you just said though that's the way i'm looking at it right now it's like it's actually giving me time to to really decompress and stop buying so much online and actually like listen to the stuff that i have that i've bought from stores in the past six months that i really haven't given honest listens to honestly so you know yeah if you're you're getting emotionally like hurt like oh i can't i need i need my yeah, yeah. free money coming now i'm so hurt 
Paul's like, dude, there, there's there's more to life to. Well, and wait. and and you should just go to your rec- local. You should just go to your local at that yeah, point. Yeah, and you know what, <laughs> what I would say to them is, if you need a fix, yeah, just go down to your local, and like, pick up some cheap used some, record. Yeah, and, something that you haven't heard. Wow. Just you know, go in and. And, and check it out you know so uh so if you're really hurting for that yeah i would i would totally say that um if you're like me and ryan and you have tons of records that you need to actually get through anyway just use that time to to do this yep. use that time to to get through that stuff um i got this new fire bill evans joint that i need to listen to yeah. i should have listened to it a long time ago it's one of his classics i've seen it all the time but i i picked it up recently in baltimore so like i'm super excited to listen to this record mm-hmm. Um, and there are a few other ones too that I that I copped that I'm really excited to listen to. So, so yeah, man, that's dope. Ryan, always always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and glad to see you, man. We haven't talked in a little while, I feel like. Um, so I'm glad we chopped it up, and uh, we'll be chopping it up again soon. Um, I will be going on holiday, so this is probably probably the last episode I'll record um, yeah. into 2022. Uh, but 2022 i got some really good stuff we got some really good stuff planned and i'm super excited about it bro awesome so take care guys uh if you if you want to contact the record spinner podcast you can do so at the record spinner podcast at gmail.com you can also reach out to me on ig that's rebirth of the cool other than that you can reach out to ryan at his email what is that ryan ryan claren at gmail.com um and we're you can message or follow through Instagram at Ryan Clarentones. Yeah, and he, uh, you post some fire records on there. I just saw you post uh, "Hustling" from uh, from yeah. Stanley Torrentine, yeah, which is dope. That's a great oh, record, yeah. man. Well, that's it such was a great one record. of these uh, when that came in originally. It came in in the middle of a flurry of just records. Yeah, yeah. So that was like something that I listened to like once, uh-huh. and then like put it away because there was yeah. just so much stuff. But just kind of like what we're saying, like with with some of the vinyl delays on the pre-orders and all that kind of stuff, I'm just like, you know, man, check going through my Discogs collection, like, man, I can't, I don't think I ever listened to Hustling even the second time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the exact same pull, thing. Pull that out, popped it through the ultrasonic, <laughs> let the ultrasonic do its thing, <laughs> popped it on the turntable, listened to it last night, was like, man. This thing oh, is fire. Crazy. Crazy. Stanley, it's a crazy record, man. Early. Ken yeah. Burrell. Yeah, the lineup is nuts on Otis it. Finch. Otis yeah. Finch. That guy, that guy is fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to it again today. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna check it out actually again. Um, I'm yeah. gonna check it out again as well. Uh, because yeah. I, I had the I had the exact same setup. Yeah. I bought it from HR, um, yeah. HR Records uh when I went over there over the summer. I just bowed it away under some under yeah. some stuff that I hadn't listened to yet, yeah. but I, it was at the back of it, right? So I, I I literally it gets to a point where I have like a stack of records that I haven't listened to yeah. or I haven't given a listen oh. to that I want. Yeah, but do you ever do you ever feel like this where it gets to a point where it's like you'll just file everything away, like and it's just like all right, I'll get to everything when I get to it. Sometimes I'll do that, like I'll just file everything away oh. as opposed to keeping it out because it'll be out too long. Yeah, so, actually. That was um, what I keep. I don't file it away until I at least. I try to listen to everything at least twice before mm. I should file it, mm. before I file it away. Okay. Um, every once in a while, just because things get kind of piled up, mm-hmm. you know, I've listened to it once, but then I pile it away. But pretty much, I'm pretty good. 
Um, yeah, the stuff that I don't listen to yet, mm -hmm. that I haven't listened to yet, um, I kind of keep it out because I want it to be like a visual reminder. Mm. Hey, check this out. Check this out. Check yeah, yeah. this out. Yeah, I know. Once, once it goes on the Calyx shelf, you know, it kind of. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, that stack gets kind of big, but I know the same thing. Once it goes into, once it gets into the filing location, sometimes I'll literally just forget it's there until like it's time to, like somebody will ask me to look for a certain record or if I have somebody over or, you know, a group of people over to listen to records. They'll be like, you got any of X? And I'm like, yeah, I got some, I got something like that around here. And I, of course, you know, I file alphabetically. And so like, I'll look through the stuff and I'll be like, how did I, how did I forget about this record? Like, how did I forget that I had this? And I'll pull it out and I'll be like, instead, we're going to listen to this because I haven't listened to it yet. So yeah, it, it happens sometimes, but you know, it happens to the best of us. So whatever. Mm -hmm. um, thank you guys for listening. I'll, uh, Check you guys out next year. Uh, have a great new year. Be safe. Be cool. Uh, enjoy family and friends and loved ones. Um, love you guys out there. And uh, take care. Peace.